In Father Teresa's wine cellar, we believe all oppression is intersectional. And this means our analysis of current events frequently includes discussion of difficult and explicit content. Any combination of the following topics could be included in our show. Murder, rape, war, climate change, racism, sexism, violence, sexual violence, homophobic violence, heterocentrism, discrimination and abuse against individuals of nonconformist sexuality, domestic violence, child abuse, child rape, child neglect, elderly abuse, verbal abuse, police brutality, microaggressions, ableism, cyberbullying, genital mutilation, ideological extremism, and people just being total fucking assholes. Alright, <laughs> winecellarmedia.com. If you go to that website, you see the latest podcast uploads via RSS feed. Those links will take you to Blog Talk Radio, the primary way to just access the podcast where you don't have to do shit but refresh is if you just have a podcast application on your smart device. If you have an Apple smart device, it comes reload, it preloaded in Apple Podcasts. If you have uh, an Android device, Stitcher Radio, very popular. I use Podkicker, that just works for me. All podcast players I've loaded the podcast into over the past 10 years. I was not on Spotify before the Rogan thing. I already wasn't there because there's um, class discrimination. Uh, Spotify only takes podcasts from um, p- platforms where you pay more a month to have your uh, program hosted there. And you have to pay more the more space you hold up. I host mine from Blog Talk Radio, where the shit is 40 bucks a month no matter what. I have over a thousand episodes up, 40 bucks a month. And Spotify will not take Blog Talk Radio. All right, even though Spotify has like a gazillion fucking programs, right. they have Joe Rogan. But watch right. out for those Blog Talkers. <laughs> we can't have that. No. All right. Uh, ooh, not not San Francisco police linked to a woman linked a woman to a crime using DNA from her rape exam. Not that story. Not that story. No. Not yet. We have other bad stories. We have so many bad stories. Yeah, so Kanye West. You're, you're, you're real big on the Kanye West. Yeah, everyone who listens to this program knows I'm a huge Kanye fan. That's why I switched the camera to you. Can't, uh, can't get enough... Um, <clears throat> Donda? Was that his last album? I think so. Donda. Donda. Yeah, so Donda, that's a thing. I like that Kanye's workout plan song. That was fun. What? The Kanye's workout plan song, because it was a funny video. Because Anna Nicole Smith was in it, and that a uh, Farnsworth Bentley guy was in it. It was I, I like that one. I I don't know. I mean, he's done other stuff. I think, right? <laughs> I don't know. He may have. I don't know. Yeah, I really I don't listen to Kanye. I don't know. Um, but so I'm sure everyone knows by now that uh, Kim and Kanye, Kim Ye, whatever, are getting divorced. They're separated, and. She's dating Pete Davidson. I do not understand this man's appeal. He is so fucking hideous to me. I don't get it. But he dated Ariana Grande, too. I don't know. I don't know. Um, 
and Kanye is behaving, I'll say inappropriately. And so apparently Kanye has just been acting wild, somehow claiming that he's fighting for his family and trying to get his family back and trying to get Kim back and trying to get the kids back. But this behavior is just fucking unhinged, you know? And so this is what on the wrap and they just have some of the screenshots of the stuff that he's doing. I, I, I don't, I don't understand. He photoshopped him in the venom poster. Like, did you fucking see that shit? Wait, I haven't seen He, so, you know, there's a Venom movie. It's a, like a comic book movie, right? And so there's a new one out. And so it's Venom. And Venom is like a parasite that's like in a person. So sometimes it's a person. Sometimes it's the monster. And sometimes you can see them both. So obviously that's the screenshot they use for the movie, for the new Venom movie. But he put his face in one in Pete Davidson's face in the other one. Like, are you about to have, like, a like a Marvel-level, like, brawl? Like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I don't... And he posted it to his Instagram. Like, I can't imagine being so upset at someone for dating my ex that I'm going to Photoshop them into a movie poster. Like, why, though? Very obsessive. Um, and says, uh... Let's see. This ain't about skeet people. It's about selling y'all a narrative. Skeet just playing his part in Frozen 3, except it's not in the theaters. This time it's on Daily Mail. Second. Like, just wait. Hold on. He's calling him what as a slur of his name? Skeet. And the context of this is that the woman you want to be with is with him behind closed doors. Yes. And you're calling him Skeet. But it's S-K-E-T-E, not S-K-E-E-T. I don't know. Like, I understand the stupid patriarchy game you're playing, and that is a way of losing that already stupid game. Yes. So, um, it's, this time it's on, tell Bob and the entire Disney staff you wanted your money on Star Wars and Marvel, because even though it makes money, you will never control the high schools. What the fuck is he talking about? He's saying you won't be like Dave Chappelle. You won't control, you won't run the high school. No one's ever heard a Machine Gun Kelly song, Bob. What? What? does that have to do with anything? Nothing! Is it the other one dating? No. Never mind. I thought the other one was dating Machine Gun Kelly, but that's Megan Fox. Yeah. I don't understand. I don't, I I don't get it. And he just, he just keeps going, of course, because it's Kanye. Uh, he apparently trended over the Super Bowl with these weird-ass Instagram tweets and said, I didn't wake up and fight for my family to trend over the Super Bowl, but it happened. The Super Bowl brings families together. What? For everyone married, hold your spouse close. Make sure they know how much you love and appreciate them because there's a skeet lurking. <laughs> He's got to stop using that. Like as if Pete Davidson just going around messing up. Yeah. Right. Like, like he's just like out behind. The, he's like staring through people's windows. This one doesn't look happy at the dinner table. Like what the fuck? Um. All right. So there's a skeet lurking everywhere. Is really. Damn it! I can't with the fucking <laughs> sentence. Um. <clears throat> Uh, where was I? Right. Uh, there's a skeet lurking in every dirty ass alley waiting to help destroy your family and walk around in Calvin Klein's around your children. There's a skeet. Oh, I'm just, hold on. I can't. What? He's really. Uh, what is it all about, man? It's like fucking um, 
when I saw the interview <coughs> with uh with the woman that was between Jay Z and Nas. Yes. And when she and it was in the Source magazine back in um 2001, and I think maybe maybe even early 2002, but 2001. Mm-hmm. And she fucking said when she told Nas about that she was cheating on him with Jay Z, the first thing he asked about was Jay Z's penis size. Yep. Immediately went to that. So now that's all he's thinking about because mm-hmm. he saw that we all saw the Ray J tape and we're like, she has standards. Right. <laughs> were you not living up to the Ray J standard? I mean, if we're playing stupid ass patriarchy games. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but what you need to know, William, there's a skeet lurking in every dirty ass alley waiting to help destroy <sighs> your family and walk around your and walk around in Calvin Klein's around your children. Right, Calvin Klein, sexualized for men. Right, like that's his way of saying booty shorts mm-hmm. for men. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, what does that have to do Calvin with Klein's, because in the 90s, um, yes. uh, think, yeah, definitely, it, I think it started in 95. Mm-hmm. It was like these uh, Calvin Klein advertisements where it was mostly like a male that had clearly done several sit-ups today mm-hmm. and um, and the pants would be unbuttoned. Mm-hmm. And like, and that was like, whoa. And yeah, like, and you could even get the t-shirt and it's printed on the t-shirt from the ad. Yeah. Like a man with abs and the pants unbuttoned. Yeah, and it even went, it kept going past that because David Beckham, I believe, was doing them. He's a soccer player, was even doing them even after the 90s. They were still going with that like, because they had like, um, it was corny, but it was tagline something like, um, like I never go anywhere without my Calvins or something like that. So it was just, and of course, like the first thing you put on is underwear. So it was just dudes in underwear. So basically how um, games Instagram looks, billboards all throughout yeah. the 90s for Calvin Klein. Now that I think about it, I'm really going by the context of my own trajectory of consuming media. Because think back to the 1980s, the Run DMC lyric. Calvin Klein is no friend of mine. I don't need someone's name on my behind. Right. Just because they had Calvin Klein printed on it. Now here comes your homophobia, right? What's some man's name on my ass? And it's like, you realize you wear Hanes because that's a man's name. Everything that's invented, some man named after himself. Right. But yeah, so Calvin Klein's, um, I wish my wife was with me and our children sitting at the at the 50 yard line at Kim Kardashian. Always remember West was your biggest win. It's a it's a little weird. Sorry, I was backed up. But I said he's so full of himself, which you guys probably already know. Yes. Um why is it not picking you up? Fire something in there. Um, yeah, get my niece uh, decibels check. Checking my decibels once again. Oh, hold on, partner. Phoenix Litter, keep going. Keep going. Oh, okay. Going All right. Uh, and then he has another post. Here's something I have to dispel, uh, meaning remove the spell. What the fuck is he talking about? Here's something I have to dispel, meaning remove the spell that people are under. Why does a media out... Please just use a fucking comma or a period. I am begging you. Because this is all caps, no commas, no No. periods. It's a little fucking wild. Okay. So, here's something I have to dispel. Remove the spell that people are under. Why does a media outlet get to post 20 times a day? But if I post that amount, there's something wrong. Isn't Instagram our own personal media platform? No, it's a private fucking business, you goddamn weirdo. Um... 
Oh, all right. Why would he know? Why I, would he know that? <laughs> his mother was a professor. Of course he wouldn't know that. Yeah, yeah. His mom was a college professor. Okay. Um, he said, so I can make stages, I can make stages float or set myself on fire, but I better not Instagram too much. As I calmly take my kids to the game, I love being in control of my own narrative. What? What, sir? Please stop fucking around. He's posting too much Exactly. And then uh, he got pissy at, uh, who was it, Kid Cootie? Cutie? Cuddy? I'm just gonna say, because, like, he needs Wait, two Ds for Cuddy. Cuddy. They just said he was on no, no, he's, that's over. Oh it's over. God. It's over, over. Just so everyone knows, I will, n- uh, <laughs> Cuddy will not be on a Donda, be on Donda because he's friends with you know who. We all speak in Billy now, Billy language now. And, Oh, I get what that one is. Uh, uh, I caught that pop culture story. Right? The the Billy... Because Tariq Nasheed does not do his show prep and could not pronounce her name worth a fuck. Tariq Nasheed kept saying Billy English. Oh, Eilish? Yeah. Yeah. And then by the time he he caught up with his chat room saying, you're saying it wrong, he was like, Eilish? I don't know. I thought it was English. (laughs) And apparently the Billy English uh, made a snarky comment that was obviously in reference to the Travis Scott, but like a, a, a as a burgeoning white woman, what is she barely even 20 now? Yeah. As a burgeoning white woman, she knows how to turn around and lie, lie. No, it wasn't clearly about him because it was about uh, someone needed asthma. She stopped the show to, uh, needed asthma. Someone's having an asthma attack. She mm-hmm. stopped the show to get an inhaler. And then she made a comment saying, at this show, we uh, we make sure that folks are okay. Obviously referencing his program where folks got injured and died mm-hmm. and whatnot, and he kept rocking. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I mean, just say say the nigga's name. Right. Like, it's and that that's the funny shit about the racism. Like, people keep teaching the kids that you're going to get in trouble if you're racist. No, you're not. No, you're not. Say nigger, actually. You'll, you'll up your brand, really. Look at Rogan. Mm-hmm. You'll up your brand. Call him a nigger, Eilish. Okay, Kanye West. Yes. Um, so, uh, yeah, so he said um, Kid uh, Cuddy will not be on, uh, on more shit. And Kid Cuddy felt a need to respond to this. And said, too bad, I don't want to be on your album, you fucking dinosaur. Everyone knows I've been the best things about your album since I met you. I'm a prey for you, though. This is what our celebrities are doing. This is what our entertainers are doing. This is how they entertain us. Not with their music anymore. This is how they do it. Yeah. But, um... So Kanye's just absolutely acting a fool, but what's super interesting about the whole thing to me in, like, a larger social context is how people are responding. A lot of people are defending Kanye... Which is really weird. Um, this like obsession with like defending like toxic, I want to say like toxic masculinity or like performative masculinity, but this idea that like um, he's just being passionate or he's just being emotional. You can be passionate and emotional without being abusive. Like, <laughs> and like it's really disappointing that that's not part of the conversation in the larger context is like this behavior is absolutely abusive. And it's really also frustrating to see a lot of people supporting Kim as well when <clears throat> these people wouldn't support someone um, on, like, a local level, right? Like, because there's people right now tweeting about, like, I feel so bad for Kim. Kanye's being so awful to her. This must be so stressful. You know, and I'm sure it is stressful. But, like, the woman down the street right now is getting, you know, her ass beat by her husband, and you just make fun of her for being a loser. 
Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's really also disappointing that people are like, well, like you can recognize uh, that it's being abusive because it's a celebrity that you like, or you refuse to recognize that it's abusive because it's a celebrity you like, but y'all just walk past everyone in your everyday lives who need this sort of help and do not have these resources. And I also, you know, because like part of that with Kim is like, she's a fucking billionaire, I'm pretty sure, or at least several times over millionaire. She has multiple properties. I'm sure if she wants a therapist, she can get any therapist she wants, right? She uh, can go have a spa day anytime she wants one she can just go to she has a ranch she can just go to her ranch if she feels like it you know she has bodyguards she can go to her family's houses they all have fucking houses they're all fucking multimillionaires. and it's like y'all are putting all this support into a woman who doesn't need your support why can't you give it to someone who actually does like someone who's actually a victim of domestic violence or this type of emotional abuse who doesn't have these resources, who doesn't have access to a therapist and can't just go to their summer vacation spot to get away from it, who doesn't, you know, can't just hop on a private jet. Like, where is the sympathy for those folks? Like, this whole thing is really frustrating, like, in a lot of ways. I hate that I always do this part. I was sitting there while you were thinking, thinking like, man, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to fucking do it. Do we have any of the examples of the people defending them? Defending Kanye? Ooh, defending Kanye or defending Kim? Uh, Either way. Either way. Kanye one, I know I've seen people in the comments literally being like, Kim needs to be a better mom and let you see her kids. I'm like... Yeah, because I, I don't I don't read... Con- like, I mean, wine cellar heads know by now, I don't do these stories and I don't read comments. Mm-hmm. I read articles and I read studies. And I know that sounds real toxy-downsy to mm-hmm. people that are interested yeah. in this stuff, but I have no idea. And I think it, it adds context to actually be like, this particular person with this blue check mark right that has this platform and this following mm-hmm. and this is what they normally talk about and then this is how they are commenting on this right yeah. not just jojo 88 right? right but somebody with a blue check mark because I'm, I'm guessing we're talking about twitter yeah well i am but you know i'm sure other places too yeah like somebody relevant yeah no regular i hate i do not listen to pedestrians audio back again i did have to pause it because i realized i was like there's not enough show prep for this and then as soon as i tried to do more show prep i was like oh look the breakfast club i know who they are they're talking about this and then what do they do they proceed to read an instagram post i'm like where is like a real statement by somebody no one is making any statements and i'm stepping back Phoenix uh, Kaleeder and Seven Black are going to do this segment <laughs> because I can't do celebrity news. I am all about the world burning down and the ocean coming to cover you. That's what I know. <laughs> all right. All right. So on Twitter regarding the situation, and I think that this Twitter thread, um, I'm just going to go through some of the comments in it because it pretty much exemplifies like the two sides of this debate, as it were, right? So Miss Brixen Baby uh, said, the fact that so many people are rooting for Ye on harassing his ex-wife is so weird. Like this is textbook abusive behavior, but because it's Kanye West, a lot of people Kanye are okay Ye. with it. If he really loved Kim, he would respect her boundaries and move on. Right? So that's one side. And then the other side, uh, someone in here, uh, Crystal Lakowski said, actually, you're right. I didn't think of it like that. I was in awe thinking about how much he must really love her. Mm. What? Some people really <laughs> fall. That's the whole point of being manipulative is because people fall for it. Yes. It sucks. Yeah. 
Um, and then someone named Allie Quinn, who's apparently a fucking asshole, got involved and said, nah, I'm happy that he's showing, uh, showing her that he wants their family. And to the people staying around him and models, Kim said herself that she probably did things that ended their marriage. He asked her to move away from all the fame and she didn't want to. He deserves a better wife. So someone is arguing that Kim, who was already a celebrity before they got together, should have gotten out of the spotlight to focus on his career, and that made her a bad wife, right? And then uh, someone else um, said in the comments, she married a man that's bipolar. She knew what he was like before they got together. She encouraged him when she was when he was giving Taylor shit, and she joined in. I mean, come on, this works both ways. She knows his triggers better than anyone, implying that this is her fault. Not her fault. Yeah. So it's, um, you know, I think that for the most part, those are the two sides of this, but it's really frustrating that his behavior is toxic and we can't really talk about it because no one wants to acknowledge it's toxic because of the manipulation. People are really focused on like, but he just really loves his family and he just, you know, wants them to be together. And it's like, but under his terms and the way he says so when he says so, because I don't know how you could think that if the children are seeing him make these posts or seeing his posts or hearing him say these things or thinking that's like a healthy wholesome environment exactly. like how like that's how you want to hear your father talking about your mother and, and then, her boyfriend like exactly and then you know. people are acting like so dense like he's trying so hard to get his family back like making instagram posts is trying hard to get your family back <laughs> right that's well geez like i can just make instagram posts and try hard to be a millionaire if it's that easy like <laughs> Sounds no. so stupid. No, that's true though. That reminds me of who was it? Like Tyrese when he did the thing with the plane. Do you remember that? No. Where he like got one of those like uh planes where it like writes with the smoke in the sky. Oh. And he like and I was like, why would you show that to your child? Like, do you mm. not know where they live? You like they don't have a phone, yeah, you can't call like, them? Like, what the hell? But that really is the thing though, is you're willing to make all these um, you know, grand gestures in public to make you look good in public, but what do you do in private? You know what I mean? Like, where, exactly. what's going on there? So it's really frustrating to see people, you know, defending Kanye when clearly this is abusive behavior. It's unhinged behavior. He's probably off of his fucking medication again. Mm. And I'm not saying that, like, as a joke. Like, it's he's said multiple times that he's bipolar and sometimes he just goes off his medication. And I imagine that might possibly be what's happening right now. Um, you know? But then it's also frustrating from, like, the perspective of Kim where people are defending her saying, yeah, like, yeah, I don't like her, but it's really fucked up this is happening. But, like, y'all won't even extend that compassion to the people physically around you, you know, your neighbors and your coworkers or, you know, someone at your church who's in an abusive situation. Like, y'all will talk shit about them, but you have time to feel bad for Kim, who right. literally does not need your support in any way. Like, Kim's got this. Like, she has pri- – if if he's a physical threat, she has – she can afford, like, literally, like, the best private security in the world. She exactly. could afford the fucking niggas from Blackwater right now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, Even if, if it's too much of an emotional stress. Like, you yeah. were saying, she can um, go and get a spa. Yeah, like, she, she can has do, so much money. She can do whatever. Yeah, she can do her spa day. She has people to talk to. She can find professionals. She can, she can afford to go to a different therapist every day of the week if uh-huh. that's what she needs to do to get over this. You know, she can put her kids in therapy to make sure her kids come out okay. And it's like – all these resources and people are like yeah i feel bad for her though and it's like but there's literally like have you ever been to like your local like shelter and seen the women in there who are like literally fucking homeless trying to get away from this type of behavior you know from partners or men in their lives or you know so it's also really frustrating that this sympathy isn't extended so i don't know like this is always i think the struggle with celebrity shit exactly is like why do you know people can they're able to see it like 
how wrong it is with celebrities, but don't even realize it with their own like people in their lives that they'll yes. judge. She's so weak. Why won't she leave him? Or he's so this. Why? Mm-hmm. Like it's the same thing with these celebrities, but okay, it's wild. But and, uh, uh-huh. go ahead. I was gonna say this also kind of brings up a conversation of like people getting in relationships, like Kim Kardashian, for example, getting in a relationship with someone who's like clearly like very infatuated with her like Mm -hmm. obsessed with her and i think a lot of women or a lot of people in general just think like oh this person really likes me like that's good but that's like love bombing to the extreme especially when you're a millionaire you can do it to a whole nother level and then Mm -hmm. it ends like this because those people are not like that's not okay right yeah that really is a thing though and i think that that like should be a part of a larger conversation around like healthy relationships and healthy boundaries Mm -hmm. because i don't feel like that we really necessarily um have that you know like in general as a society where it's like oh if you give someone good presents that's all you need right yeah and i find that um to sort of be like a carryover with stuff with the like um you know like the whole like dating uh, the obsession with dating, mm-hmm. right? Where it's like it has to be a super expensive dinner. Like right. there's all these debates about like how much should dinner be, and do you order order the most expensive thing off the menu? Mm-hmm. And it's like you're so focused on the presentation of I hope everyone sees me out eating, being bougie, that you're not actually am I having a good time with the person that I am like with? This person, yeah. Like, <laughs> like did Kim and Kanye even know? Like through all these years, <laughs> they even like each other. I don't, I don't think know. either one of them know. <laughs> I honestly, I don't. I honestly don't know. And it's you know wild that. Um, these people are seen as goals, right? Because when they were together, like, oh, this is goals just because they're rich and they look good. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, so you have nice clothes and you have money, but are you good people? Are you good parents? Are you uh, setting good examples? You're, as celebrities, you have a huge fan base and your fans are easily influenced. Are you actually setting good examples for your fans? You know, and it's, we don't have these questions, we don't have these discussions because this is always based on celebrity culture and it's always so... um, like basic right or like superficial Mm -hmm. and there aren't those conversations like i mean has anyone ever heard like a serious in-depth conversation with uh kim and kanye about their relationship like like something uh that like any couple would go through right like someone was having a really bad day and got sad and cried so the other partner you know took the afternoon off bought them ice cream and they sat down and talked about it like shit that like anyone ever and, you know, because that's the type of shit that normal couples do. It's not just going out. It's not just red carpet events. It's not just being pretty and going to, like, NFL games or NBA games. You actually have to build and maintain a relationship. And all this shit is not based on that. And, like, this is what happens. But people will still celebrate the next cycle and the next cycle of it and the next cycle of it. And I just, I do not understand the love for these dysfunctional relationships. And then emulating them in your own life. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand. What if that's all they know? I mean, what kind of parents are they coming from? Uncles, aunts, family, grandparents, all the nonsense in church, Mm -hmm. right? Everything. And then then that's been perpetuated for how many generations? The only difference with this generation is it's on the internet. I have contributed to the segment. I'm helping. (laughs) That is true. It does start in childhood, like early childhood usually, but... You have to be able to see it, like, for what it is and break out of it yourself. Definitely. But I really, you know, and I also wonder if that's, um, oh, God, I'm going to sound like a fucking conservative. (laughs) I wonder if with the breakdown of traditional marriage, (laughs) um, if this sort of thing was, like, somewhat inevitable as far as having bad relationships, not because of the marriage part in and of itself, um, but more so in terms of um, how we perceive relationships, 
um, because now there's like not the same pressure. Like if you're in a bad relationship, you can leave, which is awesome. But also like you can just leave. It doesn't have to be forever. It doesn't have to be like for life. Um, you know, and of course, obviously, you know, we talk about, you know, like misogyny and class and things like that. For years, women couldn't uh, get like their own bank accounts and shit like that. We're like, now you can get a loan, you can get a bank, you can get your own house, like, you know. Um, but I also think like it's being fed on and being um, being created into or being developed into an industry of like the whole dating thing. And I see it a lot like diet culture, if that makes sense, where it's a lot of people with really bad ideas or half-formed ideas who are claiming to be the experts trying to get you. But here's the thing, if those relationship experts were actually successful, what would they have? No clients. <laughs> Right. <laughs> right. You know, and so I feel like that, um, like, so there's like a lot of reasons to put like toxicity into the culture around dating and relationships. And it's really unfortunate. I don't know. Does that make sense? I think, um, right. Uh, you, you can just leave. Yeah. Right. Um, which maybe some folks don't leave when it's bad. Leave while you're winning. Right. Leave the table winning. Both of you be like, Hey, you know what? We had a good seven year run. We both got our net worth up. Right. While we're not mad at each other. Let's actually sell the house we brought together. Eh, who knows? What a good right? point. Who knows? New, new ideas, uh, but fucking uh, maybe people are more comfortable with having the ugly, the part that you call toxic yeah. in public more now. Hmm. It's not just at home, right? Like um, looking again at, uh, and whatever, my podcast isn't big enough for anyone to care to sue me. The Pilcher family, yeah. right? In, in Spanaway, Washington State. On the face of it, there's dad, six foot something white man. Yeah. Yeah. Right? There's mom. Uh, the kind of blonde that's blonde her whole life. Yes. You know when they get brown when they go into adulthood? Yeah. This is not a so blonde wife whole life. <laughs> Three boys, all blonde. <laughs> one football. Third one, football. Middle child, stereotype. <laughs> right? Oh, wow. <laughs> and then, like, you know the middle child stereotype. It's joked about on TV, but have you ever actually lived with that? Mm. Have you ever actually seen a 13-year-old that dropped out of school and his parents are cool with it, and he just sits at home trying to find read money all day. Like, have you ever actually real like? And then, like, that's not see because when you it's joked about on television, it's that episode. Mm-hmm. No, this is going on until he's like nineteen. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen it for six consecutive years? Have you seen him in outpatient therapy? Right, going on alcohol relapses. Right, getting drunk. And then when his father comes home, something triggers from a spanking or a beating he had when he was a child. Mm -hmm. And this dropout has been lifting weights and smoking weed for four years. And now he's 17, the same size as his dad, but healthier and stronger. Dad comes home, middle child is drunk and says... I want to fuck you up and proceeds to beat that ass to where the mother has to bash his head in with a breakfast tray. You haven't seen it because it was behind closed doors in a suburban household. Yeah. But now that is normal. That's an episode of Love and Hip Hop. Yeah, actually. She beat little Jizzy with a breakfast tray. You got to do that sometimes. Yeah. Right. I think. um, And you saw it coming. Like 
as the internet was still a new thing that was just chat rooms, you watch a BET comic view or something, and you got white, black comedians saying, I want you to beat your kids in the store. Beat them in the store. Come on, beat them. I'll show you how to beat them. And it gets, we're deeper in the internet, and uh, and reality shows are becoming a new thing, right? Flavor of love, doo-doo on the floor, pick it oh, up with your God. bare hands, run oh, up the stairs. God, that but then that, that same thing where black people are, like, working class black people, mm-hmm. and uh, that, you know, and it's a joke, right? But now the boondocks is out, and you got the granddad character literally teaching a white woman how to beat her kid in the store. Oh, yeah. And yell about what I thought I told you. Maybe it's just folks are more comfortable with this in public. So do you guys think that's making it, like, more normalized, the toxic behaviors? Or it's making people, like, notice it more and then want to dismantle it? Both. Because the people that want to dismantle it, we already did, and now we just have more evidence. Okay. And the people that don't want to dismantle it are like, what? It's normal. <laughs> it's even more normal than before. Who yeah. fall back, right? Because <laughs> we're the social justice warriors, and they're the status quo champions. Right. Okay. But I gotta say, like, the whole thing makes me, like, so tired, though. Like, this is... You just go home? To a house where everyone behaves like this all the time? And you're comfortable? Every day? It's... For years? I can't... I, I can't... I don't know. It's it's just, it's just so wild to me. I just... I, could, I would not have the emotional energy to expend. I couldn't do it. Like, I want quiet. I want peace. Right? I want to get to, to choose. chill. As a kid, you don't get to choose. Like, that's just your household. That's your household. Yeah. But when you're an adult, you get to choose. Like, you get to choose your partner. Like, choose someone calm and <laughs> peaceful. Peace. Like, why choose would you want peace. that? Yeah. But, yeah. And, you know, but, yeah, I really do wonder. Like, yeah, I suppose social media is making it more normalized. I do think all the, like, dating advice and shit is a lot of it is bullshit that's, like, directly contributing to this type of, like, toxicity. Um, dating advice and uh, you're going what do you got oh whoa did I have another uh, I was about to tap in something else go like, ahead now my brain is clicking cause now we're talking about stuff now that we're yes. not talking about Kanye anymore <laughs> I can ju- fucking go again jumping off point yeah off Ooh, point. Jesus <laughs> Because I need context. I need more context. <laughs> uh, shit, where was I on that one? Um, <clears throat> what were you just saying? I was about to piggyback. Oh, um, I was saying that I think a lot of uh, like the dating relationship and advice and relationship coaches are part of this culture that makes it toxic. And then also, like, when did Kanye come up? Kanye West came up... Um, he popped up as the the beat maker mm-hmm. on Jay-Z's Blueprint 1 album, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the year you were born, right? He was the beat maker of the year of 9-11. The first year of George Bush, Kanye West made the soundtrack. Yes. Right? And fucking... And then he pops up as a rapper on Jay-Z's Blueprint 2 album. Mm-hmm. And then from there, he starts to go to put out his own record, College Dropout, 2003-2004. And um and at this time, what's coming into play? MySpace. Yeah. Mm. And now you can start becoming your own celebrity on the internet while the new celebrity Kanye West is showing you how to do stupid ass publicity stunts to up your brand. Yeah. And I remember that. I was looking at MySpace like this is fucking stupid and everyone is loading up way too many GIF images. And if you have a computer that is one year behind the standard, it won't load your fucking page. <laughs> oh, man. Yes. Right? Because like, people have their MySpace music that plays, but then when you scroll, it gets to a post that has music 
music. I right. have five different music tracks playing on one page and a dancing bear. What the fuck is happening? Right? But then I open up the Source magazine and new artists, new hype. Oh, I like new hype, new artists in the Source. West Fifth. Where's he from? West Orlando. There ain't no dope MCs in West Orlando. And then it's like, we found his MySpace page. Aw, shit. His MySpace page. I go to the MySpace page. Sure enough, he's whack. But there are dope ones, right? Some kid named Asher Roth. You remember that name? No. He came up. He came all the way up to the point of uh, working with Beanie Siegel. Okay. And Beanie, like, they were in a studio together. It's not like they emailed verses. Like, Beanie Siegel actually says your name on a track. And he came up off of MySpace. Mm Mm-hmm. So, like, maybe it also has to do with, like, I I have every day that I have access to the internet is a day that I might become a celebrity. Yeah. And acting a fool, having a raucous life, that might just be part of it. That might add to it. Mm -hmm. If I just happen to be doing a TikTok while something crazy happens in my crazy life, that's not just normalized. It's a stepping stone to a new career. Definitely. You don't like that? Um, Bad analysis. I think no. I think that makes sense, but that's also still like essentially just digital bootstraps. Then, like, what are like literally as any other game in capitalism? What are the odds? Like, <laughs> does it like does it really seem worth it to act like a complete goofball and do wild ass shit in the hopes that maybe that will be your come up? And even then, too, it's even more precarious with the digital age because you can trend and be forgotten in two weeks. Right? Like, you know. Gorilla Glue. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even remember her name. Nope. But but Saturday (laughs) Night Live Forever, they literally took the image, what was it, from Uncle Tob's cabin? Yeah. And cemented that. And I don't... Topsy, yep. Yeah, I don't think it was Leslie Jones that did it this time. No. Yeah. Because Topsy was skinny. Yeah. Because she was a malnourished child. Ah, shit. Yep. (laughs) So, at least you have that. Wow. Topsy. Can't get away from that fucking book, can I? All right, but um, yeah, folks tell which, you, boring you is th- the way to go, huh? <laughs> do, you know Top, do you know who Topsy is? No. You, you know the book Uncle Tom's Cabin? No. You, you've never heard of Uncle Tom's Cabin? I've, I've heard of that book. Oh, okay. Um, I wasn't so, allowed to teach her anything. Damn. All right. We'll, <laughs> we'll get there. We're going to get there. Um, so Uncle Tom's Cabin was a book about Tom, who was a slave, and um, one of the others. It was a, it was basically um, anti-slavery propaganda. That's why the book was written. Okay. It was one of the catalysts to the Civil War, because <clears throat> it really like talked about like the treatment of slaves. Because before that, people in the North were always like, "No, they love it down here. We're really nice to them and stuff," you know. And so uh, Uncle Tom's Cabin was a book about that, and one of the characters was named Topsy because her hair was always so raggedy because she was a child, and she was bought by a slaver who specialized in buying children so that he could get them cheap young, keep them for a couple years when they got older, sell them for, like, double the profit. And so that, like, so Topsy's coming from, like, some horrific-ass abuse. And, of course, her name is Topsy because of her hair, always making fun of her, and they always make fun of the way that she dances um, because she's, like, this little malnourished, like, just basically, like, an ignorant little black girl. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and on Saturday Night Live, they did a segment uh, making fun of Gorilla Glue and for some reason dressed up one of the cast members like Topsy. And they called themselves the commodes. Yeah. yeah so the lawyers were two black people in the commodes. So we're the toilet people. We're the shit wow. people. Right. When like. It and, was and really fucking embarrassing. And then when you think like, what's that white joke about black people? Right. Like, um. Uh, what is it? H- how does a black woman take a shit? She waits nine months. 
Yeah. Right? And then, I so like, yeah, that. That, that's an old racist joke, right? And wow. the people on Saturday Night Live, or they're around my age and up. They uh-huh. know that racist joke. Mm-hmm. And still, Keenan Thompson, that's his name, went yep. up there and did that joke, call himself Commode. Yep. I don't like Saturday Night Live. I've never watched an episode in my life. I've only seen clips on the internet, and none of them have made me want to watch the show. I used to watch it when um, Chris Farley was on. <laughs> Back when. But yeah, it's, uh, Fat it's not great. guy in a little coat. But yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, it's so much fucking racism with that shit. But yeah, yeah. awful. All right. So and, and let that be that. Jesus Christ, folks. If you want more of me uh, rage-quitting celebrity segments only to come back and be like, are we not talking about that anymore? Uh, go to winecellarmedia.com. Again, that's where you're going to get uh, latest podcast episodes automatically loaded. Go to that page. Blam, it's right there. I made that the static home page. <clears throat> and you can find news under the tabs if you're interested in that. I don't really post news as much. The news is really just podcast show notes from older episodes. And uh, patreon.com slash Fund is where you go if you want stuff that is not going to be free and on the website. All right. Have a good one.